America needs a tidal wave of the old time religion. I have sinned against you. How dare you! We have no need to doubt God. The heart of Babylon is preparing the nations to receive the Antichrist. I didn't even build that house with money from the church. I built it with money from my book. I don't make this stuff up. Repenting of your sin. It is a moral issue. They got together and swore a pact to the devil. I just enjoy seeing people worship, praising God. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Believe It or Not, the show where we believe it. Or maybe we don't. Probably uh, not, most likely at all, ever. Most likely not ever. I'm Trevor Pullman. And I'm Damian Debbing. And uh, we got a show for you. We got a, we, we do. Got, we got one for you here today. We got a doozy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Damien, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you, Trev. You know, just enjoying this uh, bright, sunshiny day in the city. You know, mm-hmm. I went out and I got myself a donut and a coffee today. So nice. We're doing good. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. I was preparing the app earlier mm-hmm. and I was going to order some food. Oh, and I said to myself, you know what? It's a beautiful day. I'm just going to go for a walk and I'm going to get some food. So that's what I did. And I got some Greek Very food. Nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I have to look at some groceries soon. So, yeah, I'm we'll actually going to do that after this or after the live stream tonight. I'm going to go get some groceries. And yeah, I need like, um, um, uh, uh, what do you call them? A, a vegetable or something. Yes. I haven't mm. been buying fresh vegetables. I've just been like stocking up on the frozen stuff. And like, I'm feeling it like a nice salad or a nice. Well, like... frozen vegetables are actually very good for you. That's true. Because a lot of times they are flash frozen right as after they're picked. So they retain a lot of the nutrients. So that's true. That you, is you're still true. doing good for yourself. And then I, f- and then I deep fry them. Um, well, I think that, um, okay. But we're not here to talk about vegetables. <laughs> we're here to talk about a saint. Oh, a saint. We uh, both uh, may remember uh, who, cause she was alive in our lifetime. Name of mother Teresa. Yeah. yeah. This lady is fun. Yeah, she's a fun, she's a fun one. Um, you've read Missionary Position? I have, yes. Yeah, I haven't, but I watched Hell's, Hell's Angel. Angel. I did a, I did a rewatch of that recently just to kind of freshen up on, on it. I find that they're very similar in scope. Obviously, it's the same person, same uh, subject too. So, yeah, yeah, just a missionary position goes a little more in depth, which that that's a that's a Hitchens book for. Yeah, just in case people didn't know. In case people didn't know, but let's talk about a little bit of her life, mm-hmm. Mother Teresa's life, and then uh, some of the uh, maybe more controversial things surrounding Mother mm-hmm. Teresa. So she was born probably in 1910. August 26th is her birthday. Some people say it's 1912. Most people say it's 1910. So uh, disputed birth. Uh, either way, she was born. Well, so far as we know. <laughs> as far as we know. And uh, her birth name, it was Angie's Gonzi Bo. Uh, I think it's Agnes, isn't it? Agnes is like the anglicized version. Yeah, the anglicized version of it. Yeah. So, which is already a saint's name, isn't it, Agnes? I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't actually know. But what is it? True. It's uh, like an Albanian name. Well, she grew up in, uh, or she was born in Skopje, uh, which is now in North Macedonia deciding at a very young age she wanted to be a missionary she wanted to change lives i guess in what 1928 she joined a convent at the age of 18 and uh so maybe that's where the dispute maybe she was actually 16 and she wasn't actually old enough and she like faked it you know 
to join a convent. Yeah, I, I'm sure you can join at 16, especially in those times. But I was going to say, why couldn't you join at 16? Yeah, I mean, you're not gambling, you're not voting, you're not drinking, but you're devoting your in, the rest of your life to being a nun. Yeah, but don't they don't they kind of in a way do that when they make you kind of choose? What is it um, when you're like 13 or 14 or uh, confirmation? Oh, yeah, the confirmation. Yeah. Exactly. Isn't that kind of like you're devoting your life to God kind of thing or yeah. something, something like that? You're basically a child still. So they're fine with everybody doing that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Doesn't and it's make like any fucking sense. And there's like pressure to do that, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. In a very public way. And you have to make sure that this is the what. Yeah. That's so. I don't understand why there would need to be a limit for it. That's one thing I was glad at. Like we, we didn't have to do that in my church. It was like, Mm -hmm. you had your baptism, but you can do that anytime in your life. But that's when you would go up and say, you know, I confirm that I'll, you know, do this for the rest of my life. I did that when I was 16, but I've seen people do it when they're like eight, which is ridiculous, I think. But, and I've seen people do it when they're like 60. So, yeah, I think the real time that they should have the nuns, uh, you know, devote themselves or whatever is after they've had a hard life of sucking and fucking and drinking and, Mm. you know, all kinds of crazy life living lessons so that they know that, you know what, this is the right path. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's one of those like, don't knock it till you try it kind of things. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're knocking it. And they're knocking it. <laughs> she, uh, oh, I guess at 12 is when she decided that she wanted to do this after um, hearing about the, the missionaries in Bengal. Bengal? Okay. Is that? Yeah. And then Bengal. She, but, Bengal. And then she, but she went to Ireland for uh, when she was 18 to join a, a monastery there. Uh, well, Ireland is problematic in its own way for their religious beliefs. Why is there a history there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, not not much, you know, just some, yeah. you know, just a few little things. It's a blip, really. Yeah, exactly. So, but in 1929, she began to move to India. She went to Darjeeling, where that's where she learned uh, Bengali, and uh, and then she taught at Mother Teresa's school at Saint Teresa's school uh, near the convent, and then uh, yeah. And yeah, so then, you know, it was in 19, a lot of, a lot of stuff, 1946, she really started to get more into like missions, but she started her charity in 1950 and kind of from there. And that was the, uh, her big, her big old charity of, uh, the missionaries of, of charity or whatever her, her Mm -hmm. church that, that she started. And, uh, she quickly became kind of a, a celebrity Mm -hmm. and known. People really looked up to her and the mission work she was doing. All in all, she ended up opening 517 of these like homes for the dying kind of places. Like people may refer to them as hospitals, but that's not what they were at all. They weren't hospitals. They were home for people to die in. Yeah. Um, Yeah, exactly. Won lots of awards, Nobel Peace Prize. Different countries gave her like their order of their country and stuff. I'm sure Canada did. I'm sure. I mean, the US did. She got a special award from Ronald Reagan. And uh, she, you know, would speak at things like the National Prayer Breakfast, won tons of awards, tons of notoriety. And just people, people loved her. She was kind of worshipped. (laughs) And people really looked up to her as this like saint person. Like she would go around all over the world and yep. and talk to people and and all that stuff. And then in 1989, she got really sick. She had a heart condition. She wanted to quit. Everybody in the organization was like, no, you have to stay. And she got outvoted. She wanted to quit as like head of the charities or whatever. And then 
eventually 1997 is when she actually died. Uh, I know, I know she was like, they've said that she wasn't allowed to leave that. It feels very like, guys, I'm not very good. I don't know if I want to do this. (laughs) Oh no, you're doing great. Everybody loves you. It's like, are you sure they do? (laughs) Like if you want to step down, just fucking leave. Just step down. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But um, yeah, let's talk about some of her. Yeah. Some of the, more sketchy stuff around her yeah Um, yeah like uh like the fact that i mean in 2005 Mm -hmm. or sorry 2010 um at the anniversary like of her 100th what would have been her 100th birthday india released a coin with her face on it a memorative coin a lot of people in india were very upset about this because Mm -hmm. she was very harmful to the hindu culture and very outspoken against yeah and like most missionaries are to whatever country they're in exactly and honestly she really didn't do a lot for the people in poverty in india god no uh yeah arup shatterjee is one of the first people that really investigated if she actually did any good. And that's Mm -hmm. what Christopher Hitchens based Hell's Angel on. And then eventually um, his own book with his research, because Christopher Hitchens had had met Mother Teresa many, Mm -hmm. many times and uh, just wasn't a fan. Well, I mean, it's looking back on this, like what we're saying, like the veneration that she and like the, the the adulation she got from all these people all over the world. It was it was such a cult of personality around this person. Yeah. But when you actually dived in and looked at like the conditions and the places that she was, you know, running and doing, you could see it like she uh, she said poverty was a gift from God and that it was necessary for good character. So. So she had all this money coming in constantly, but she never actually used it for anything good. She would just like make sure like these these houses were dying, like they weren't treating people. They just had this giant room filled of dying people where, you know, they would just pray over people and maybe give them an aspirin. Yeah. Yeah. She said that the sick must suffer like Christ on the cross, which is disgusting. Yeah. And I thought the whole point of the cross was that so we didn't have to go through that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like he was stepping in for us. So why do we have to suffer? Like, yeah. And and yeah, so one of the biggest criticisms is just like the poor medical conditions of these places. Things like no hot running water for Mm -hmm. like baths and stuff. So all those people had to bathe in cold water. There was a story about a a contractor who came in and, and was like, you know what? My company will donate a hot water tank for you and we'll install it and everything. And one of the nuns was like, Oh no, we don't do that here. Yeah. And yeah, well, that was another one. Someone was saying the story was that uh, they were reusing like needles and IV drips. And some of the nuns were just like running them under cold water. And they're like, well, why are you doing that? And it's just like, well, we don't have time. And it's like, well, why aren't you like sterilizing them at, at the very least? And she's like, well, we don't do that here. Yeah. There's no point is what, yeah. Yeah. Because that's how they viewed it. They viewed it that they were just there to die and they're going to make it a little easier, but not really. Mm -hmm. Uh, They would give aspirins maybe and they would give needles that were, Mm -hmm. yeah, were used when they were breaking in millions of dollars in donations. There was no need. Yeah. Like not only did they like, should they have sterilized it, but they shouldn't have reused needles because they could have easily afford 
new needles like we yeah. sh- we should also point out that these aren't like people who are all terminally ill these a lot of times are people with very easily treatable things yeah like that just have gone on taken care of right like minor things that just end up getting worse and worse and worse because they're not actually giving them the medical attention they need yeah like that i think it was in um hell's angel where the one woman was talking about that 15 year old kid who had, had a, a kidney st- issue right yeah and yeah. all it would take was some antibiotics and a minor surgery said, well, yeah. no it it started as antibiotics and then it wasn't taken care of and then it progressed and then he needed right. minor surgery and they're like well why don't you take him to the hospital and they were like uh, well if we take him we have to take everybody so we don't we're not going to do that yeah Oh, it's it's fucking nuts. So not only was it it wasn't just a simple surgery, it was simply antibiotics. That's yeah. all he needed. But then they just continued to refuse treatment for him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Most of the volunteers or uh, nuns that were living there or working there had no medical experience, had no idea what they were doing. There was never like rarely ever a doctor on site or, or a trained nurse on site. It was just these volunteers and they're the ones administering needles. They're the ones running those needles under cold water and then just going on to the next person yeah. because that was her whole thing. Like her philosophy was suffering and helping mm-hmm. other people to suffer, not herself. When she got sick in 89, when she was having a heart condition, she had full medical care. She Oh, well, totally, she had the yeah. best doctors in the world. Well, she was it wasn't just that like she had the money, but rather than focus on a couple of of these hospitals and actually do some positive good, maybe in Calcutta, where she's from or where she's like kind of noted to be from, she just was spreading it as thin as she could. Right. So she could have as many of these um, like uh, not um I don't know. You call them. It was more about it was more about the nuns and shit than it was about the people dying there. Yeah, it was like people compared it to like concentration camps, the way mm-hmm. people were in there, like no chairs. And they were like on these army cots and yep. on cement and you barely allowed to to move around. And mm-hmm. yeah. 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 But people kept giving her money and giving her money. And uh, the one big one that I remember is that she took uh, money from the from Haiti. Yes. In uh, yeah, in Haiti, it was the devil years. Uh, I'm probably butch that name, but was like the dictator at the time. And mm-hmm. yeah, thousand he killed thousands and tortured thousands and stole money from the poor. She took that money, uh, didn't do anything for the poor in Haiti and just took it back to India with her. And didn't she also say that the that they were being treated so well and that the country is great as well? Yeah, she said, I've never seen the poor being so familiar with the head of state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Famili- so she was constantly taking money from very shitty people for weird optics and not actually giving a shit about the people who are suffering ever. Yeah, exactly. She was Uh, a terrible person. She was a terrible person. Um, She also would Mm -hmm. baptize people basically against their will as they were dying. Oh, great. Yeah. So it's like these Hindu people come in for, for medical attention and she's like forcing them to convert basically or or Muslim people. And so, and that was like a practice she was proud of and would teach other people to do. Yeah. Well, another big thing was hers. Her, she believed that the greatest destroyer of peace was uh, abortions. Yes. Yes. She was super, super, super like, we need to stop this and no contraceptives too. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure because she, she was like the Pope's what, like right hand woman or something like that for a very long time. Yeah, basically. So I'm sure that that was a huge part of the papacy not 
backing contraceptive and things like that too, or actually taking a look at how many people were dying because of this. Yeah. Well, what was it? She said uh, when she accepted her Nobel Peace Prize, to me, the nations with legalized abortions are the poorest nations. The greatest destroyer of peace today is crime against the unborn child. Right. Right. Okay. But what about all the born, the the born children, (laughs) all the children, (laughs) all the children being born into poverty and then dying a few years later or, you know, getting innumerable, very easily managed communicable diseases. But, you know, we we have to make sure that those babies are being born to suffer even longer. Yeah, exactly. Because as Disgusting. soon as they're born, she doesn't care. Like she same wants them to shit, suffer. Yeah. Same shit in any of these things. It's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, at the national prayer breakfast in 94, she like, so she's invited to America and she says, many people are very, very concerned with the children of India, children of Africa, where uh, quite a few die of hunger, but many people are also concerned about the violence in this great country, the United States, uh, their concerns are very good, but often these people are not concerned with the millions who are being killed by deliberate decisions of their own mother. And this is what the greatest destroyer of peace today, again, abortion, which brings people to such blindness. Yeah. There was another speech too in Ireland where she ended it with like, oh, and also no, no contraceptions. <laughs> like she did the same like heartfelt speech. And then like, as kind of an afterthought, she's like, oh yeah, no more uh, contraceptions. Either. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, not a, not a good person. And that's the thing too, is she's, she's pushing that agenda. So she's going all over the world and like people, like there was one story of, yeah, her meeting with Margaret Thatcher and it's like, who paid for that trip? And like, probably like a, a right wing anti-abortion person because like the whole point of the trip was to try to try to outlaw abortion. And I'm sure the Vatican funded some of it too, because she was working with them. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that. And they have, tons of money too so yeah she would take uh, money from skeezy businessmen as mm-hmm. kind of like their last ditch effort to be like no i'm a good guy and so mm-hmm. they'd have a big public meeting with mother Teresa. she did this with multiple people robert maxwell was one mm-hmm. uh charles keating but yeah people like who ended up being charged with fraud and mm-hmm. and stuff like that and showing that most of this money was stolen but of course she's not giving any of it back it's spent yeah so so this woman who is seen as a beacon of good and and piousness, when we look back at what she had done, she stole millions of dollars from from poor people and took it from uh, very evil people as well in order to promote these houses where people were just left to die, oftentimes with very easily treatable diseases. And she pushed on a global scale the the end of abortion and the use of contraceptives, which has caused untold amounts of suffering, pain, and death. It's it's insane. I mean, I'm sure it, it bolstered a lot of the AIDS epidemic in Africa because of that rhetoric and the fear of using condoms, right? Like it was it was vilified. Oh yeah. Which something like that I'm sure would have cut transmission rates quite a bit. Oh yeah. Yeah, she so, and she also said that AIDS was punishment from God for a mm-hmm. sinful lifestyle. Yeah. So we could probably say millions of people have suffered because of this woman. Yeah, I would say, yeah, the only good I would say that maybe maybe you could get from her is that maybe there's copy some copycat people who thought she was good and they're going to also 
maybe they also want to be a good person and do good things. So they, they go and do good things. That's, that's like the only like marginal thing that I can see in her life is like maybe some, but other than that, I, I don't know. I just can't see what no. good she really did. I also and even feel that's like, like, you know, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I feel like the inspiration of goodness that she is giving, I don't think I want more people like that anyway. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't consider that good. Yeah, that's true. And then, yeah, she was, uh, so she was beatified uh, in 2005 by Pope John Paul. Uh, That's like the first step to being sainted. Mm -hmm. And then they they fast-tracked her, didn't they? Because I thought, when is it supposed to be like a certain amount of time after you die before you can be sainted, I thought. Yeah, it was five years, which they basically did because she was actually sainted in 2016. Okay, Okay. I thought it was longer for some reason. But they actually had like Christopher Hitchens went to the uh, Vatican as well as um, oh the guy who wrote the first book, his name I can't remember, but they both went there to testify against her. There's also a huge Canadian study into her history and some people were, you know, sharing it a lot of like, no, she did some terrible things. At the end of the day, people already saw her as a saint and there was no change in their minds. And right. I think it would have been faster, I think, if it if it had just been pope john paul like if he had lived yeah and but and then the the opposition was like i i don't know like it's just crazy well one of the because i guess for the for canonization they need uh documentations of a miracle right yeah and then one of them uh the woman said that it was because she had a tumor that was healed because of uh application of a locking contain locket containing her picture but her husband and her doctors are saying, uh, no, it was the medical staff and medical treatment. She had a cyst caused by tuberculosis. She took medicine for it for nine months to a year. And then the doctors did it. It wasn't a miracle. It, this was, this was yeah. very active medical treatment that cured this. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And isn't that like always the case? Always. People are always like, oh, thank God. Thank God you're feeling better or whatever. It's like, well, no, thank the doctor who spent, mm-hmm. you know, hours in the surgery and or whatever. Like, man, it's it's uh, I, I know it's not quite related, but it's the same as people bitching about wearing masks for 15 minutes in a, in a building. <sighs> like, OK, how about all of the doctors and surgeons who are working nonstop in these in hospitals, like 14, 15 hour days every day? in full scrubs, in full masks, trying to help people stop people from dying. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, why are we, why, why are you complaining about this little thing? Or why are you, why are you thanking God for this shit when he had nothing to do with it? It's, I know it's not quite the same, but that's what it immediately makes me think of. It's it's just such bullshit. Perspective is all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think they changed some rules around that too. It used to be more miracles. And even before Pope John Paul, it would take like a long time for somebody mm-hmm. to be to be considered a saint. Before he took the, the reins as Pope, there had been 300 people who were canonized as saints before him mm-hmm. during his reign, I guess. He, he um, canonized 437 or something Holy like that. Holy shit. So he went all out on making people saints because I yeah, guess so. I think it used to be 50 years and then he changed it to five. And then, oh, OK, that's yeah. I think that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I get it. It makes sense because it's harder to prove miracles. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Harder to refute them, I guess. I yeah. Assume. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're in the um, conjuring universe. Yeah, yeah, then it's very easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what weird my, movies yeah, my favorite line was in Conjuring 2 when they said uh, the church only deals in facts or the truth, church only deals in truth or something like that I'm like well oh they don't they, that, yeah that's one of my biggest problems with those movies is how uh, how they almost seem to justify these horrible people yeah I, I like I enjoy the movies yeah they're, I, I, they're fun movies yeah but it's also like it's kind of dangerous that you're saying this is based on a true story and yeah I mean, but. it is, but <laughs> I mean, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very loose term based on a true yeah. story. Yeah. But mm. yeah. Any other thoughts on Miss uh, Miss Teresa there? Well, she was a terrible person who caused untold death and suffering on the world. Yet uh, we still people still view her as this uh, wonderful, beautiful person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It's this weird kind of uh, cult of personality thing, right? It's yeah. uh, people back. What I mean, I guess most people don't really know a lot of this stuff, but it's not difficult to find this out. Because I've definitely made comments in, like in discussions with people about it. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And she was good. I was like, well, not really. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's another thing I didn't uh, touch on, which I was going to mm-hmm. is uh, racism. Like, just the idea of like she's the white savior she's like the classic white savior yes and um and it's like also a a way for people to ease their guilt about Mm -hmm. you know poor people and they're like oh look at her i can throw her a couple bucks and she's out there doing all the work and yeah she's helping the people who we think need to be helped yeah so we don't have to kind of thing exactly yeah yeah well, I mean, you know, I'm sure she was also racist in other ways, too. Yeah. Gandhi Gandhi was a racist. So mm-hmm. there's yeah. another one, right? Another yeah. <laughs> wonderful person who was horribly racist and yeah. not, not exactly a nice person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> probably a better person than Mother Teresa, but not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still problematic. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we do? Uh, should we thank some of our patrons? Let's do it. Oh my god, wow, thank you so much. Oh, oh thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Hey everybody and welcome to the Bible study. Um really appreciate you all coming. Mm-hmm. Um we've had a, we've really dived into the word of the Lord today and yeah. Um but let's let's talk about some people we need to thank. That's true. And uh, in our swim through the Lord's words, we're going to thank our good friends, uh, Bianca and Stan, Aesthetic Nut, Energy, Liesl. We're going to thank George and Alex. And then we're also going to thank Infamous K. And uh, those are our thank yous for today. Mm, Thank you so much. But uh, I got some prayer requests here. If, if you don't mind. Um, I do mind, but I'll let you continue. Oh, thank you so much. I have a prayer request for Jasper. Jasper's been doing this thing where he he watches movies with the subtitles on, and they're like already in the language he speaks. But he likes it because if there's any like noises in the room or whatever, he doesn't miss anything. Or if like somebody whispers, he doesn't have to adjust the mm-hmm. volume. 
And uh, I just feel like that takes away from the movie watching experience. Mm. And I just won't really want to, to lift him up in prayer. Yeah. Yeah. We'll lift that. Per- we'll lift Jasper up as, as high as they'll go to mm. be fair. Um, I have a prayer request as well for our good friend, uh, Mason. Mm. Now, uh, Mason loves to watch uh, motion picture films, you know, movies as they call them today. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, one thing that Mason does not like to do is uh, share the popcorn with anybody. And uh, I got to say, listen, uh, when you have a big bowl of popcorn, you got to make sure that everybody gets a bite. You can't just sit there mm-hmm. off in the corner eating it all for yourself. You, you have to spread that love and spread that good fortune that you have. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a prayer request for Derek while we're, while we're on that topic. Yes. Is um, when you're at a movie theater, he likes to ask you questions about the characters in the movie mm-hmm. while the movie's happening. Yeah. Before anyone has any knowledge of who that character is, they've just been introduced and he's already asking if they're the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And that really oh man that i don't even know how to start with that so we just really lift him up Mm -hmm. yeah lift him up um i have a prayer request uh for melaney and uh well melaney doesn't like going to the movies and uh i gotta say it's really becoming a problem we need to we need to build back this industry they've they've been going through a hard time not being able to have people in the theaters and I just got to say, you got to, you got to get over your, your thing about them and you got to support local. Okay. Mm. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. And I have mm-hmm. a prayer request for John here. Um, John's one of those guys that uh, he brings, he buys the largest cola mm. when he goes to a movie and he sits right in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's going mm-hmm. to go to the bathroom a few yeah. times throughout the movie And again, you know, he's going to ask what he missed. Right. Well, let's raise them up. And I have one final prayer request for Lauren today. Mm -hmm. And um, see, the thing that Lauren does is Lauren will get the kids combo at the movie theater. And I I understand it. You don't want a big popcorn. You don't want a big snack. You don't want a big drink. You just get a little bit of everything. And it really is the perfect proportion of everything. So you don't feel overwhelmed and you don't break the bank. But it's for children mm-hmm. and we need to keep some things for the children. And if you're constantly ordering the kids combo, then what, what kind of message are you putting out for the kids? Right? Exactly. And you're saying, Hey, I am a kid, which mm-hmm. is a lie. And That's the Lord true. looks down on liars. Mm-hmm. The Lord only likes people who always tell the truth. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. So we're going to, we're going to dive back into the word here and uh, and then we're going to do a Christian rock lyric. Can't you see you're not making Christianity better? You're just making rock and roll worse. This song is, is this a returning champion? This might be the first time we've used one of their lyrics, which blows my mind. Oh. I'm talking P to the O to the D, P-O-D, payable on death. Is that what that stands for? Yeah. Yeah, because you go to heaven. I thought it was pocket of doo-doo. Oh, that would be better. 
I actually had no idea what it stood for. But. <laughs> <laughs> this song's called uh, If It Wasn't For You. Mm-hmm. And here we go. Do I believe in the resurrection of Christ? And did his death bring forth new life? And did he raise up and bring back Lazarus from the grave? And is there supposed to be a second coming? Am I wrong because I'm wondering why the fallen Babylon is up and alive today? And do I really believe in the mark of the beast? Because he's still dwelling up in my streets, strapped and ready to fight this war. And he's got more guns than you and me. But most people don't want to believe that they still prejudice and simply because we're poor. Do I believe that Mother Teresa was an angel on this earth? And thou shall love thy neighbor even if he acts like you? Do I believe in heaven or hell? Shoot, hell yeah, I do. Because we alive today and my crew is living proof. What? That last line. What, how does that last line last line prove that there's a heaven and hell? Uh, there's uh, because uh, we're alive today. But and my crew is living proof. That's like saying, well, Trev, because you and I are here, horses are real. Yeah, it's true. Uh, my sibling has this thing about um, in order for chocolate to exist, there has to be chocolate monster. I have chocolate. Therefore, the chocolate monster exists. <laughs> and it's right. that same kind of thing. It's, like a sily- it's a syllogism where you're just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, um, what? Oh, what's the classic? It's something like about Aristotle. Like Aristotle was this and therefore this. Therefore, Aristotle was a cat or something like that. <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. And I don't think Mother Teresa was an angel on earth, but uh, I don't angel know. Of were- de- angel of death, maybe. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's our episode. I think it, uh, what we can take away is that if you're going to open a hospital, um, have trained medical staff mm-hmm. and um, just don't reuse syringes. Yeah. I definitely recommend also watching uh, Hell's Angel or breeding missionary position if you can. Yeah. There's also a good Penn and Teller episode about uh, Mother oh, Jesus yeah. as well. One, was it a bullshit episode? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, it is. It is very good. It's called Holier Than Now and they do. Um, mm-hmm. Cause they got a letter saying, what's, what's next? Are you going to make fun of mother Teresa, Mahatma Gandhi and oh, who's the other one? And then they just broke down. Yeah. All, the three, all of three of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Great show. And of course, you know, there's obviously things that we don't touch on and we don't know about, but yeah, I think this is a good primer for like, Hey, this yeah. person's not great. <laughs> not so great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. Work, 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 Sky Moon. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.